Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Everyday Economics, a podcast that gets into the basics of the economy and the world around us. I'm Chris Krug, president of the Franklin News Foundation, joined by my friend, Dr. Orphy Tavangi. Orphy, what's happening today? Oh, I'm doing well, and I'm excited to talk about, you know, what's happening for, for most of us out there who are struggling with uh, gas prices and having to kind of cut back a little bit because things have gotten out of hand. Well, we couldn't have this podcast without you. So I'm a regular Jamoke. I have an MBA, but so what? So does 8 billion other people. You, however, are a PhD in economics. So I get to ask you the tough questions. You'll be surprised. There's so many PhDs out there nowadays. There are very few of them that answer my calls. So uh, so we're, we're, we're stuck with each other. So, I mean, the, the big question, I think, on today's mind is the mind of people today, I should say, is the cost of everything. I mean, we are yeah. dead set in the midst of inflation. The concern at the gas pump is really, it's high. The grocery bill is starting to look like a CVS receipt um, yeah. simply because of the numbers that are being like sort of added up. Yeah, uh, and how they add. Let me add something though. The you know Go the ahead. summer travel season is uh, is about to get started, and so those gas prices are going to start climbing up again. I don't expect gas prices to to keep falling or to come back down to earth. The big question, Orphy, I think that people are out there asking and wondering is how did we get here? How did this happen? Who can control this or who can fix this? Yeah, I mean, you know, look at what happened during the pandemic. All of a sudden, we see uh, prices rising at an incredible pace. And we see even in the housing market, we see housing prices surging. You turn on the TV and everybody's telling you, look, housing prices are surging. Rents are surging as well. There's no more safety in renting because, you know, you're going to get squeezed. The economists out there are saying, well, there was a massive shortage of housing. That's part of the story. So I'm going to kind of Take you back to roughly 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, and and how things kind of evolved to to be what they are right now. So if you go back to the housing crisis of, uh, you know, roughly 2008, 2009, we had this massive economic crash. The central bank during the crash did what they normally do, which is they try to to put out the fire. But unfortunately, uh, I think many people blame the Fed because... They think the Fed did not do enough to prevent the crash. They didn't do uh, enough then, or they didn't do enough now. They didn't do enough then, right? So if if you look at uh, if you look at inflation, consumer prices year over year since uh, the recovery from the Great Recession, they were roughly one point eight percent per year, which means that the economy was you know people were spending, but you know it was very low. Inflation was considered very low, below the Fed's two percent target, and the pace of jobs growth was also very sluggish after the Great Recession. In fact, we had a massive decline in labor force participation. Like people were not actually working. We had a, what the economists termed a jobless recovery from 2010 to roughly 2016, 2017. And so housing and the construction sector had not recovered from the crash. There was a, mostly a jobless recovery. And people started thinking, hey, you know, the Fed could have done more to keep the economy going, to get it going again uh, after the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. And then the Fed made another big mistake in roughly in 2013, I think, when they started to withdraw support for the economy. And that was another big mistake, right? We saw bond yields increase. We saw uh, the stock market tumble a little bit and it hurt the recovery. And so this, this Fed was determined not to make the same mistake. So when the COVID-19 pandemic shocked the U.S. economy and pushed millions of Americans out of work, 
the demand for money increased, right? So imagine all these people are laid off uh, suddenly. They need to pay their bills. They need to buy food, right? They need to right. pay their housing payments. And so in order to prevent another massive crash, the Fed stepped in and provided enough liquidity to markets to avoid another big crash. And in layman's so what, terms, we're talking so about- In layman's terms, they gave us money. They lowered interest rates, bought government bonds, mortgage-backed securities, you know, uh, and the like. And the decline in interest rates actually means that the cost of borrowing for most Americans goes down. And so they're able to borrow and spend and continue, right? It supports their lost income, their, the, the income they've lost uh, due to the pandemic. The Fed made money extremely cheap to avert a massive crisis. And, and the federal government added to that by sending checks to every household and businesses. So you can basically say policymakers wanted to err on the side of caution. And so there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think there was the right response to the pain that was being felt. Otherwise, we would have uh, we would have been in a massive, massive crisis. This is the type of crisis that we hadn't seen in over 100 years, right? So it's a pandemic. However, did we go too far? We went too far. You know, in March 2021, many economists started to worry that maybe the response to the pandemic was overdone. Uh, some of them included uh, prominent economist Larry Summers, a former secretary of the Treasury. He spoke out last week and said the Fed's inflation forecasts were delusional. I thought yeah. that was a little bit harsh, but, right. you know, con considering, you know, during the pandemic, nobody really knew what the kind of crisis we, we were facing. You know, it's, it's the type of crisis we hadn't seen in over 100 years. And, and policymakers, I think, in my opinion, had kind of underestimated how little they knew about this kind of economic shock, right? They were a little overconfident. If you think about what kind of crisis we were facing, it resembled a lot more of the 1970s energy crisis, mm -hmm. right? It was a shock to the supply side of the economy. What do I mean by that? It meant production went down. COVID pushed millions of workers out of labor force, distorted supply chains, and it basically meant that production had fallen, and so by pumping money into the economy to basically revive the economy like the Fed normally does, the Fed actually pushed demand higher, right? So if you push demand high, but supply is falling short to meet that demand, right, to catch up with that demand, Economics 101 tells us that right when demand goes up, but supply goes down, prices are going to increase. So that's basically what we saw. The result is you put too much demand into the economy. They normally filled the hole but then they went over and above the hole that was there. Uh, but supply was not able to catch up because of global supply chain issues. You end up with inflation. Think about what's happening on the production side. COVID disruptions, wildfires, hurricanes, all these surprises, right? And now Ukraine, Russia, supply isn't about to catch up anytime soon. Well, let's pause there. We're going to pick it up and I'm going to ask you about the Fed on our next episode and what the Fed's responsibilities are, the Federal Reserve. For Orfe Vungi, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to Everyday Economics on America's Talking Network. If you like what you've heard, please remember, subscribe to Everyday Economics at americastalking.com or wherever you find high-quality podcasts.